Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone from the comfort of my work-at-home office slash streaming lair slash social distancing cave. Um, but it is Wednesday, uh, April 15th, uh, 2020, and it is just a little bit over a week since the release of... Well, it's exactly one week after the official release of Ashes of Outland, a week and a day after the original release of Ashes of Outland. And so uh, you know what time it is if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time. It is time to talk about every possible viable deck with your friend and mine, Ridiculous Hat. So welcome back to the show once again, Hat. Greetings, salutations. Um, we're going to talk about some non-viable decks, too. I think it's oh, important yeah. to talk about some, or some um, almost viable, because also as of the time of this recording, we are, we are after the first wave of nerfs and shortly before the second wave. So this, issue, this episode may be outdated by the time you hear it, but we're going to keep that in mind. Because we know what a lot of the next nerfs are going to be. Yeah, and and we're going to talk about Paladin, so obviously that's not all viable decks we're going to talk about. But, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so if you have not heard, and I this may be out, depending on how long it takes me to edit this, uh, this may be out after the nerfs are, are either announced or live. We don't know exactly what the plan is for th- putting out the nerfs, given that... Um, we got the last set of nerfs as an emergency patch that preceded the card art by about a day, which you can go listen to the last episode of Coin Conceit if you want to hear about, all about that in detail, because I don't think we need to dredge up dredge up uh, past feelings from the past. But but we've heard that there are going to be changes to uh, to uh, its uh, Bad Luck Albatross, Sacrificial Pact, Kael'thas, and what was the fourth Frenzied one? Frenzied Fellwing. Frenzied Fellwing. Uh, as well as one to two demon hunter cards, I would I would guess two, and if I were a gambling man, I would guess altruist and battlefiend. Yeah, those would be the ones that I would guess because uh, Felwing is also a demon hunter nerf, and then also a couple of wild nerfs, which is not a topic for this show, but worth throwing out into the universe. Yeah, so if you in, uh, and I'll just mention that so you're not googling for it, um, the mage quest and. Um, Blood and, and Blood Bloom, which is in both Darkest Hour and Mechathune Warlock. Are, are both getting touched. So that's been something that our friends over in Wild have been complaining about for a while. Uh, I mean, Quest Mage has been way too good for several sets in a row now, and Darkest Hour is... I have not played it, but I've imagined it's not very much fun to play against. And uh, Mechathune Warlock is also similarly not a whole lot of fun, but at least that takes a little bit longer. Uh, so those are things that you can look forward to. So all that is to say that we are talking about the decks as they exist on Wednesday, April 15th. You may you may uh, have different results with these decks depending on when the nerfs go live, but this also may give you another couple of ideas of things to try because there will be some versions of these decks that will persist for most of these, with the exception maybe of Spell Druid, and there will be other decks that we're going to talk about that are not currently viable that may be viable um, in the future. So this will be... And and I've got a new system for collecting all the decks, which means that I should have not only links but also codes in the show notes. So it should be extra convenient for you to be able to uh, to be able to go just try any of these decks. And we have about maybe two dozen decks, I think, somewhere between a dozen and two dozen decks that we're going to talk about. I didn't count them. I should have. We've got a good start. Yeah, that's what we have. Yeah, and I mean, um, any, but before we get to that, so how have, how's your experience been 
since the nerfs because I was actually listening to the uh, to the last last episode of Coin Conceit as I was going to pick up some stuff from Target today, and that was right after the nerfs went live. And I know that you have your own show where you'll talk about this tomorrow, but like, what's your what's your feeling been since we got the uh, the emergency nerfs on Thursday or Wednesday night? I guess. Yeah, Wednesday night. It the latter felt pretty immediately different right away. Um, I think really the most important nerf might have been Aldrachi Warblades because it was so, so hard to get under a Demon Hunter with that card. Um, but really, all of the nerfs felt immediately impactful. And the first 24 hours after the nerfs, once people settled and started trying different things, the amount of Demon Hunter I was seeing was cut by about half. Yeah. And there were so many goofy strategies that there's still a lot of exploration to be done with many of the new strategies provided to us in Ashes of Outland, as well as many strategies that were not quite good enough in uh, Dragon and Raven that may be good enough in Dragon and Phoenix that may have gotten that missing piece they were looking for. In particular, Discard Zoo is something that people have been talking about for years and finally, I think, is there in both Standard and Wild. Um, but my experience, I the first 24 hours were awesome. Super duper great right after the nerfs. Uh, really feels like day one of the expansion was Wednesday night into Thursday. And there were a lot of really cool, interesting strategies. We're doing well with a lot of priest decks. And priest actually feels like a real class now. And it's really great. Uh, and like Librum Paladin and Spell Mage and all this other cool stuff. Um, I will say as Demon Hunter has gotten more refined, more and more, it's it's not that it is... That it is unbeatable, but it is format defining and format warping a bit. There are a lot of really cool decks that I like playing, and then Demon Hunter is kind of the check, like, is your deck real? And usually no. And then I queue up against Demon Hunter and I lose, and I either run back the next game or play something else. Um, and, you know, it's it's not as demoralizing as it was before, but it definitely needs another nudge. And I think that being aware that it's coming can make it a little bit harder to invest a lot of time in in learning decks right now, except for ones that I think are going to obviously be around after a round of nerfs. We've got a couple of those, but not a ton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Demon Hunter is definitely the fun police right now. I mean, and it has been since it since the first since the set launched, really. And although I, I think there probably is something too, like this is something I've been thinking about for a while, like ever since the the set came out, where because I think a lot of uh, like part of the displeasure, not not counting the first day, like the first day was was not good. Right. But there's still like kind of some residual, um, you know, some residual resentment or, or displeasure, I guess, is probably the right word. Um, I, I was a little bit salty and quote tweeted something from the not quote tweeted, but quoted something from the Reddit AMA yesterday about someone complaining about Res Priest when it's basically not even I mean, it's it's a deck, but it's not one. It's not one of the better decks right now. But like because everyone ha- kind of have a has a boogeyman and. We've gotten this idea, and and I've talked. You and I have talked about this on the show before too, and and I think it's more of a myth now than it was when we when and maybe nostalgia of like the first week being like this wide open sea, like blue sea for experimentation and fun decks, and and like thinking back, like that's almost never the case. Like even going back at least to like Mean Streets 
and even before that, like I, I remember Mean Streets coming out and like day one, Pirate Warrior was everywhere and 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 uh, Small Time Buccaneer was everywhere. And you either played pirates or you beat pirates. And and it's been that way for like every set since. And like there there will be new decks to come out, but usually not like day one. And, and I think that there's a lot of. Uh, there's definitely part of the displeasure comes from the expectation of being able to play whatever and be able to have to to have fun with it when fun means winning about 50 percent of your games. And I, I'm increasingly of the opinion that that's not true anymore. And I think resetting our expectations might be the way to go to kind of prevent that mindset from from creeping in, because I was definitely feeling it myself even. Like on on Thursday and Friday until I finally just like got over myself and picked up Spell Druid on Friday night and went like ten and four to Legend, but before that I was definitely feeling like oh you know I should be able to play fun priest decks and why can't I you know do that and and all these stupid demonagers or spell druids or whatever and then you know then I just kind of got over myself and I think that kind of helped my my mindset a little bit. Yeah, like we've been seeing this not as much on first sets anymore because first sets uh, historically so far uh have had a good deck from the previous year still carry over and that gets to kind of be the fun police uh this past year it was rogue and warrior uh the year before that it was paladin uh and uh and warlock and you look back it's it's always been something the first expansion because they've had decks made in sealed years that carry over well that don't lose very much and those are go-to's and the exception, I think, was this year was because Demon Hunter was out of the box really powerful. Really, really powerful. Um, with that being said, I think this meta is closer to that than most. And we have seen that with more balanced releases, Saviors of Uldum. We had a pretty wide open meta the first week. And I think if you go back to second sets the year before, uh, you look at Boomsday. And while the mechanics that were added in that set maybe has not, have not aged as well, the release, there was a really fun period in the first couple of weeks there. Uh, where you could try a bunch of different stuff, and the odd and even stuff still felt good, but the new stuff still felt good. And Galakrond's Awakening, as well as DoD, after the initial round of Shaman nerfs, had a lot of opportunity to play different stuff as well. Different format with the weekly card releases. But I do agree that the expectation post-rotation of play what I want and it'll probably be fine, uh, that should be managed internally. Because I don't think that's quite right. But you can try a bunch of stuff... And it's it feels semi real is still accurate, I think, within the first week that I can tell. And and, and some of these things may be more real as we get balance changes and, and things kind of come back into come back into balance. But I, I think that it might just be a mindset thing of just like tempering your expectations that you're gonna get a new set, you're gonna yo, I'm never gonna see these decks anymore, and I'm just gonna be able to play fun stuff. There's not gonna be this one deck that everybody hates. And there's always a, a deck like even the first day of a new meta, even more so than normal, I think, because nobody knows what to play. So whatever the first good deck is, like everybody just grabs that list and starts playing it. I will tell you, I've seen very rogue this season. So everyone was terrified of Galakrond Rogue. I have not seen very much of it. I don't know about you, but that was the boogeyman we were afraid of, and I have not seen it. Yeah, I think that might change um, with the nerfs. That I think it's almost there. They're like the style, and we'll we'll talk about that too. But I think it's close. But I think that the power it just I think the problem with Rogue is that it lost neutral healing, and then Demon Hunter's a thing. Yes, and so those those two things together are not great for its survival. Like I I think you know even more so than Leroy, like the presence of Ziliax in in the Rogue lists 
really gave it a lot of survivability that it wouldn't have otherwise, and now it doesn't really have that safety valve. So that might be affecting it. But I think it, it you know, as the power level comes down a little bit, then um, it might get there too. But we should we should probably talk about some of these decks. And and again, we're going to highlight what are currently the best versions. These will probably change tomorrow. But um, but we we want to make sure we're giving kind of an overview. And, and some of these things may be things just to keep in the back of your mind that might be playable and might be worth trying with a couple of card changes. Um, and we'll start we'll start with the with the elephant in the room, which is Demon Hunter. And, and we've kind of we've always had like two deck two decks with Demon Hunter even from day one. And it seems like that's not really changing. The big demon th- deck that got you know got teased by Blizzard is not really a thing. But we have basically a a tempo list and an OTK list. So the tempo list is um, we have Tyler's Tyler's deck, which I was able to pull off like an eight win streak and legend with. So it, it feels pretty good to me. Um, and that's running a lot of the low to the ground cards and it's topping out with um, Skull of Gul'dan. A lot of the decks are putting in Warclaves of Azanoth because those are very good with the two minions in the deck, uh, Battlefiend and uh, Satter Overseer that trigger on attacking. So if you can attack three or four times in a turn, that's pretty good for you. And uh, some of those lists run Priestess of Fury at the top end. Some of them don't. Um, Tyler's list does, along with the Raging Fell Screamers, to discount them. And, and that feels... It feels very good, but though the Imprisoned Antians have... Antians, sorry. I've... Uh, have already dropped out of the list as soon as they got nerfed up to six mana. Yeah, uh, the Imprisoned Antian at five was a lot better than it is at six. I think at this point it's pretty close to unplayable. Um, the tempo list is the elephant in the room that we should talk about because the OTK deck is very difficult to play and also will probably not exist in 48 hours because they are likely to nerf Kael'thas and Kael'thas is not an okay card. And when Demon Hunter gets released and is this broken and then somehow Kael'thas is worse, you know, you got something you got to hit. I will say it is very, very difficult to play if you want to try a a uh, a combo deck that will likely only exist for a week and a half. This is the one to try, but it's really hard to win with uh, and is suited for tournament lineups, but is really only a legend ladder pick if you are one of the top 100 players in the game, I would say. It's it's very difficult to win with. Um, with that being said, the combo, Kael'thas, Twin Slice, Twin Slice, or Twin Slice, Second Slice, Inner Demon, which gives your hero plus eight attack. That's plus 10 attack. Uh, you do it again for the second one. That's six mana for 20 attack to your hero. Uh, often you will have an Aldrachi Warblades equipped. That's 22. You can use a meta hit. You can use your hero power and you can use a chaos strike and that's 30. Yeah. Or you, or if you, if you have them down to 20 and you need to get through a taunt, you, you can use the Kane Sun Fury that's in the deck too. Yep. Or consume magic, which is the one mana silence draw card. If it's outcast, um, there are a lot of really powerful, control tools as well as powerful draw tools and it's not hard for the deck to get to the to get to fatigue within about 10 turns or so but the tempo list is the one you should be aware of the one that is most popular is the orange list that has one frozen shadow weaver uh does not play the priest of fury that's the one you were most likely to see but priest of fury is very good people are avoiding playing it because of sacrificial pact that is also going to get nerfed soon so i imagine we'll see a lot more priests of fury we will also see probably a highlander demon hunter do pretty okay after the nerfs because you get a lot more ability to play with cool big demons if there's not a zero mana kill your cool big thing, gain five life. Uh, and I imagine that's on the horizon. But the tempo list is still very, very, very good. And the deck to play right now if you want to learn Demon Hunter. Because some version of this will continue to exist. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to nerf some cards. But there are so many pushed cards in Demon Hunter that there will be a viable list. 
one of these will will end up being it's probably like a combination of the two and and yeah the highlander list actually i saw that tempo storm put out a uh a meta report today which is and the tempo storm render reports i, I don't want to say they're not completely based on data because i know that they have some data that they that they they track internally but it's predominantly based on the pros feel and highlander um demon hunter i think was tier two in that so it's still going to be and the reason is just because there are so many good cards in in demon hunter why choose like so you just really just play all the one copy of all the broken cards and you throw in a zephyrus and a dragon queen alexstrasza and you're off to the races yeah and those cards are good and you could play uh, neutral cards like Maiev and Faceless Corruptor that we thought would be good in this meta, but they're not. Just played more Demon Hunter cards. Nope. Um, Maiev in particular as a card is kind of not very good. Kind of just not a good card. Not a lot of people saw it coming. If Spellbreaker wasn't, wasn't Hall of Fame, we wouldn't even be talking about it, I think. Correct. Yeah. Um, it, it felt like a crazy tempo tool, and then we didn't really follow how the dormant mechanic worked super well. Uh, and what it really means is... Generate a temporary board swing and give your opponent a permanent one. And that's not good. And we, I had a game today where my opponent myeved my Kane Sun Fury when they were at three. And they're guaranteeing, I'm going to start a turn in about <laughs> one and a half turns where I'm going to have three attack and a taunt will not save you. Yeah. And it woke up and a taunt did not save them. Yeah, I think that there could be like, if there's like... I could see a use case, and we'll talk about the the demon the the demon zoo in a bit, like where the demon the the imprisoned I first like scrap scrap hound or whatever the hell it's called that the wakes imprisoned Kelaseth yeah the imprisoned Kelaseth like gives your whole hand plus two plus two I could see like maybe wanting to make that dormant so that you could rake it up again but Terran Gorfian just seems like a better way to do that. Um, I've had my opponent do that, and then they died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my Ev's my Ev's just kind of underwhelming, but you you do have the uh, the four three that freezes for three. Also, that's another card that's starting to see some play in some of the Highlander lists. Um, but yeah, I think one of these decks. I mean, it, it's going to take a little bit of a refinement. It'll probably take like a week. The way that at, when we got Waggle Pick nerfed around this time last year, that um, or no, it wasn't Waggle Pick that got nerfed. It was um, Raiding Party. Then Raiding Party, Prep, and Evil Miscreant, right. which all did a number on Rogue. Well, Evil Miscreant didn't leave a single deck because 1-5, really? <laughs> How was it a 1-5? Yeah, Nobody I, knows. I don't know why that, why that was 1-5 either. But, um, but that, I mean, that took like a week, and then people were playing a different version of Tempo Rogue. And I'm sure that this will be the same thing. It's just going to be a matter. It'll probably be a little bit more fair, and it'll probably run some different cards. But like Demon Hunter is the thing. It is real, and it will be here even, if, even after the second nerf. I, I'm pretty confident of that. And the class as a whole, there's, there's an important thing to note here. Enthrallamund over from the Squelch podcast talked about this, and I think you, you touched on this briefly, Steve. Demon Hunter made a terrible first impression. Yeah. So people, when they see Demon Hunter across from them, are going to say, oh, it's this deck or it's this class. Keep in mind, as of right now, Demon Hunter is a really good aggro rogue deck. And if we were at a different class, it wouldn't make the deck any more or less balanced. Just we've built the association of I see Illidan and I probably die on turn six to, to broken aggro cards. Yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, the class is really close to balanced and it, 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 there are not major issues with its identity right now. There are issues with the cards being too efficient. And if you make the cards a little bit less efficient, the identity is not inherently problematic. I've heard people say Demon Hunter's too good at everything. It draws too many cards. There are a lot of ways to stop Demon Hunter from being good. Just this particular deck has cards that are too good for their mana costs. 
in addition to being in a class that's brand new to us. So keep in mind, when Demon Hunter has a good, fair, aggro tempo deck, whatever you want to call it, it's not the class's fault. It just has a bunch of good cards that it wants to play, the same way that Rogue would do it, the same way that Hunter would do it, the same way that Warrior would do it. Yeah, and and it's very consistent. And and I don't think it's going to stop being consistent unless there's some some more you know inherent like risk reward cards that are that are included and i guess outcast is kind of the risk reward for demon hunter but it's not it's pretty easy to manipulate most of the time uh so like it just feels very consistent because it does the same thing over and over again it's like the odd paladin even paladin even shaman type of thing where you're going to you're going to do the same things every game and you're probably going to do them because you're drawing through your deck most of the games so if you're going to draw through your deck and you don't have many cards that are affected by randomness outside of Outcast, you're going to do the same things. You're going to do them consistently. Ideally, that would make it targetable, but it's still just a little bit too strong, so it's too hard to target. I think the the second round of Nurse will probably make it a little bit easier to target, and then that'll kind of bring it down to earth a little bit. Yep, and keep in mind we will also be able to play other Demon Hunter decks because right now you're not seeing other lists because they're not really good enough for what the meta is. They're too weak to sack packed and too weak to uh, what a lot of other decks are, are doing. The Highlander Demon Hunter lists are just not consistent enough. They try and go big. Going big gets you punished in this metagame. There is really only, outside of combo, really only the tempo aggro version is good enough right now. And when the overall power level of the format is brought down, you'll probably see a few Demon Hunter decks. We can see a token build with Rascal Nagas and Knife Jugglers and whatever. Uh, we can see a bigger build. We can see a Highlander build. There are a lot of other decks that will be made viable within this class by the best demon hunter deck being made worse because if you try and play a slower demon hunter deck right now you get punished by all the hate that's targeting the faster demon hunter right yeah and and i i played i did a um a whiz bang send off with uh dragon rider and uh dollar bills over on sunday and so we played whiz bang decks that's in wild but they, they're still the standard recipes for reasons so, but you, whenever you generate cards, you generate wild cards. It, it made for some interesting situations. But one of the decks it gave me was the big, de- the big demon hunter, and that just felt rough compared to what you could be playing. I was, I was playing it. I'm like, wh- I, I recognize these cards, but this is not. <laughs> this, this feels way slower than this class wants to go, and I, I'm not sure if that that might need, need another set to be able to make that archetype viable. Just because it felt like really like I, it's like it's turn three. I haven't even done anything. I haven't played a card yet. What's going on? Like what is happening? Because it's a new class and a lot of their cards are clunky and they have to learn how to make Demon Hunter the same way they've spent seven years learning the other classes and they're not quite there yet. And right now the smoothest feeling Demon Hunter deck is a green rogue and it's very good, but it's a green rogue. And the other ones are the other strategies are just kind of amalgams of other classes that don't make a lot of sense yet. So we'll see what happens. And they do have fewer cards than every other class, too. So it's going to be harder to piece those strategies together naturally. Um, so we can but we can move on to Druid and, and we'll talk about the one deck that I'm pretty confident will not exist by the time that you listen to this. So we'll talk about that quickly, which is Spell Druid. Um, I'm featuring Be Quiet's list. I went to I, I'm not sure whose list it was that I took to Legend because I thought it was. Um, I, I thought it was like Vipers, not Vipers. Um, I forget whose list I thought it was, but it wasn't. It was just something I grabbed from HS Replay. Um, but effectively, what you're trying to do is uh, use Fungal Fortunes to draw spells. You generally run one copy of Kael'thas and one to two copies of Exotic Mount Cellar, and those are the those are the minions in the deck. And then you basically just spend your early turns drawing and ramping and trying not to die. And then once you get to turn six or seven or so, then you start throwing out Innervates and Moonfires. And with Kael'thas on board, 
ideally you're hitting an overflow first to draw through your deck which draws you more cheap cards those cards are also um discounted if they're bog beam and iron bark to zero so that gives you a chance to cycle through two or three kale thought cycles in a turn ultimately just trying to build up a board with with a bunch of tokens either summon through exotic mount seller or the forest aid or glowfly swarm and then you do normal token druid things and it is with Kael'thas in the deck, as it stands now, is incredibly consistent and even can, unless you're playing like a full-on control deck that has multiple board clears, it is, if it hits the Kael'thas early, it's very, very hard to, um, it's very hard to, to disrupt it, but it also has some variance just because sometimes Kael'thas is like the last card in your deck or all the card draws at the bottom of the deck and then you just kind of sit there and don't do anything for the whole game. Yeah, and if you don't get the early overgrowth, it feels very different. Uh, this deck is teaching us that overgrowth is going to be a pillar of the format for a while because yep. that card's very powerful. Uh, Kael'thas as well is, it's going to get nerfed. It's not going to stick around for a while. But I do think there's something here without Kael'thas from playing this and not drawing Kael'thas. Glowfly Swarm is a hell of a card. Oh, yeah. It's a very good card. It's very good. Uh, and it's living mana that doesn't eat all your mana crystals and often generates more stuff. And just being able to fill the board with tutus and then place all the forest after is often good enough against a lot of decks. Now, Galakrond Warlock has gotten tricky and figured out ways to counter this. There are other ways to counter it. It can be a little slow. But what Hearthstone has done, what Team 5 has done in designing this, is I think shown us the blueprint for how free spells can be fun and fair, except for the Kael'thas thing. Yeah. Because some of the versions of this deck uh, have more of a token focus, and they play like Aeroponics and Force of Nature or whatever. And the cards that druid has for free cards bog beam iron bark and anubisath defender are perfect free card examples they are defensive they are not they are not uh format defining to play against like you're not saying oh they nourish into a bog beam now i can't win but it's just enough to make later game strategies exist when there's aggro by adding a little bit extra onto a turn where you didn't do anything to the board there's a little bit extra and i think as long as they're printed within reason a reasonable quantity and a reasonable power level it's good for the game to be able to do a little bit more and not just feel like you die. Yeah. You got to watch it. You got to be careful. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I mean, they've invested so many cards into token strategies that something's going to be viable. Like, like it's probably, it won't be this, like you're probably not running like, I mean, this list isn't, but you're probably not running like overflow just to draw through your deck faster, but you might be running, you know, nourish to draw cards and you might be running, maybe you're running two exotic mono sellers and maybe we're going back to the old, old school days of like violet teacher of, of generating. Do it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, violet teacher is a viable card. If you can, you know, get a soul of the forest on it. I mean, we had a token druid way back in like the old gods days that was trying to just get a violet teacher and then start, you know, stick a, stick a fandrel and then draw, discover two cards with uh oh gosh, what the hell was that card? the discover a spell or a, or a minion a uh, raven idol raven idol we would raven yeah. idol we would play wisps of the old gods oh yeah or sometimes seven three threes but often just seven one ones uh and that was that was a really fun deck where emperor thorson was used to great effects now we're just reminiscing with the back in my day um <laughs> but it's it was really fun you would make five full boards the version that i was playing had double violet teacher double wisps of the old gods and an anixia and you would eat four control warrior board clears, then play the fifth one. They couldn't kill it. Soul of the forest, you're dead. And sometimes you just run Yogg because you were running so many spells that, you know, why wouldn't you run Yogg? Back when Yogg was unnerfed. Now, I mean, now Yogg is unnerfed again, but in, in wild at least. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's some version of this, but it's not going to be this. It will definitely not be this because Kael'thas is not going to continue to exist in this in this format. It would like every. I I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure almost every list of every lineup that qualified over the weekend had spell druid in it. It's it's that good. Um, it was very frequently played, and it was also frequently either targeted or banned. Uh, both were very common. Um, and so there, and there, there is. We do have another token druid that was a little bit earlier before the spell druid list came out. That um, is is running Ysera at the top end. Um, it is also still running Kael'thas, So, it, but it's got more minions in it. Um, so you know, Ysera is probably another card. If we do go for the heavy cycle, that might be something that that works into it too. And and there is also big druid that was tried as a counter to Demon Hunter before we realized that there was no counter to Demon Hunter. Um, but, but it's, um, and, and big Druid is basically, it's embiggen Druid without the embiggen, but we're still running strength in numbers. We're still running uh breath of dreams. Um, we're, we'll run a bunch of the top end. We have a bunch of the cheap spells with the two exotic mount sellers in this list from, um, from Viper along with the overflow. And you're obviously running wing guardian cause you're playing strength in numbers. Then you have both Ysera's and Alex Straza and a twin tyrant, which is probably a meta call that will probably come out for something else. A lot of the big lists these days are playing uh, Scrapyard Colossus, which is the 10-mana 7-7 seven, seven yeah. taunt. The Death Rat will make a 7-7 seven, seven taunt. That's a lot of taunt to punch through. Uh, Kane Sunfury does that, but there isn't a lot of silence in this meta, and my having it only works for a couple turns, for a turn and a half specifically. Um, so just being able to go big and make a wide board of taunts and recover some life has been pretty effective. It's been eclipsed by Spell Druid right now, but I, I expect some kind of overgrowth-based big Druid will be relevant in the meta yeah and and he was running imprisoned satyr in in this list too which is the one that w- that discounts a minion when it wakes up so that's that's another thing that you can try i mean i think that there's something to one of these lists that will be viable it's just a matter of like what kinds of things you're gonna need to target once you uh once you get back into uh not having to defend yourself against spell druid and against um and against demon hunter and and warlock as well I and mean, galakron warlock's the other one the other big deck that's that's dominating the meta but we'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah and and there might be some other kinds of druids that come out but these seem to be kind of the two main archetypes i think the only thing we haven't really seen is a quest druid um i haven't seen anybody put out any sort of a reasonable quest druid uh since since the the set came out so that's something that probably is i mean that's only missing a couple cards Uh, the the lodi is really a big loss but you can replace that and there might be something there to be able to uh to be able to to work that in yeah uh we miss ferocious howl a lot uh that felt like something you didn't need to run in the last meta this meta is a lot more aggressive and so you really want ferocious howl and yeah Lodi's a huge huge deal uh it's just it's a lot harder to get early board presence dh just hits you too fast i think there's something close to a quest that you could do but there's not quite enough early game life gain and the the turns are awkward uh bog beam is fine in there but you really want as like a bunch of twos to play on three and uh and threes to play on four and without ferocious howl to play on turn four and floating a mana it's pretty tough to generate enough life in the early game yeah and and taking four turns off against demon hunter is a bad idea generally (laughs) against most of this format is a bad idea honestly yeah um, so then we move on to Hunter, which we thought was going to be all over the place and has been it's it's actually not been as bad as it seems. But I think a lot of people aren't playing it half because they're bored of it and half because like the the decks that are good are the decks that were already good. 
and the decks that are the the new decks that were coming out aren't really aren't really performing. Um, Meany put out a Dragon Hunter uh, the other day, uh, and I mean it's fine. It's it's you know he basically said you remember when we used to equip this weapon and keep spacking people in the face with it, and you know it's not wrong. Um, the only changes are we worked in uh, two copies of Scavengers Ingenuity. And I think the only thing you're pulling with that is the Phase Stalker, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we we do have Imprisoned Felma, but that's a demon. Um, it is, and that card's yeah. not good. That shouldn't yeah. be in the list. Yeah, I don't. Uh, and, oh no, he's running Stone Tusk Spores. That's why, because r- charging four fours for one mana are pretty good. That's a that's a and his list is a little bit goofy. There are some lists from the qualifiers last week, uh, like Carolos's list, that I would definitely recommend for something a little bit more conventional. Um, you can, you can, you should be running, uh, Scavenger's Ingenuity in any Hunter deck in the format. Like, you should be playing that card. It's incredibly powerful. Uh, just guaranteed draws you the beast that you want in your deck and give it plus three, plus three. Uh, Karolos, uh, is playing it only to draw Zixor Apex Predator, which is the prime. Um. And more likely he's and- trying to draw the prime, not the, not the front half, if he can help it. Yeah, it's, I mean, a three mana five, seven is still fine. Three mana, five seven rush. We'll play that. That's we'll play that on curve. Yeah, but getting four four ten tens is a little better. It's a little better. Four seven sevens. Four or seven seven sevens. Seven sevens, not ten yeah, tens. They're base four four. Um, it's okay. I honestly think the front half is the better half because the back half feels like Galakron Shaman, and Galakron Shaman doesn't feel like what I want to be doing right now. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, uh, Dragon Hunter still good. Uh, like Hunter, the class kit that Hunter got this expansion feels half finished. So we're just taking the stuff that we have and putting it into the old decks. Dragon Hunter and Face Hunter are both good. Highlander Hunter is fine, and I don't know there's any other Hunter strategy I can recommend. Yeah, I mean, we, we should talk about Face Hunter for a second because the, it is a, running a little bit differently because we're working in... I mean, it's, we're still running the Toxic Reinforcements and Leper Gnomes and stuff like that, but we're also now running Terran Gorefiend, which destroys all your minions, and then when it dies, it brings them all back with plus one, plus one. So generally, the play there is that you get you finish off your Toxic Reinforcements on five, and then you you slam Terran Gorefiend and you blow up all of your all of your Lepernums and then you get them to come back again when it dies. And you also run Machnathal Lion, which is the four mana five two rush that copies a battle cry, so you could a death rattle rather. So you can uh, copy the death rattle from a Cobalt Sand Trooper or from a Lepernome and then do some additional damage. So you're really kind of looking at the death rattles to to carry you and and going more all in on those. And it's 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 effective. I mean, it's there is something to be said for it. It's it's going to outrace a lot of decks especially because you're not relying on after the the initial hits you're not really relying on having to hit face with minions very much at all yeah there are some lists that are even running augmented porcupine which is really nice to hit with terran and really nice to just have die or curve machnathal lion in or or draw with scavengers of ingenuity too yeah you can ingenuity up a porcupine play that on three and then on four you can lion and that's just it's a lot of damage it's a lot of damage uh terran is a quiet overperformer in this deck very, very strong. And Face Hunter, really great counter to Galakrond Warlock. That's the key reason why it's seeing play. Very good against the Warlocks. Yeah. Whenever you have two decks that both do damage to one, with hero powers that both do damage to one player's face, that's generally good for the person who's not getting in the face. Um, and, and I'll just mention our friend of the show, Sidisi, has been trying out a bunch of different things. And I, I talked to him this morning, and, and it seems like he's waiting for the nurse too, to try, start trying things that aren't Highlander Hunter or. Um, or Dragon Hunter, which we already know are good. Uh, but he was trying out a Quest Hunter, uh, running more of a of a uh, Death Rattle package, trying to rely on on Terran Gorefiend to generate another board of minions 
to be able to to proc the quest a little bit faster, kind of in that um, in that Flark slot. And also running Zixor because I mean it's it first of all it generates five minions over the course of it and I mean it's probably the best card that Hunter got so you're gonna run in every deck and if you can happen um, to hit that with a with a Mockingfall Lion you know then... Ingenuity's a better card Ingenuity's okay better yeah card. well he runs that too so I guess those two together yes. right like that they're they're like chocolate and peanut butter right like that's mm, the, the problem is that those two cards oh yeah I could go for some Reese's I have some Reese's in that we have to hide all of our cho- all of our chocolate from the children but. Um, we have and from in the also from from future you. Well, yes, but you know, f- future me is and past me have a uh, have an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> we have an understanding. Um, but yeah, so this is not. I, I wouldn't run this quest this quest hunter, but this might be some place to start. Um, you know, if you if quest hunter is a thing that you want to do, um, I, it feels like it's almost there. Um, but like a lot of these things feel like they're almost there, and and usually decks that are almost there can get over the line when the the decks that are really oppressive kind of come down a little bit. Then we move on to Mage, and we have again we have the the Highlander Mage is actually not bad, all things considered. Despite um, losing Pocket Galaxy, it still has plenty of tricks up its sleeve. Um, I was doing a, a co op with Peltire over the weekend, and we were we I think we. We won all but one of the games, and one of the games, and the one game we lost, we got like priested hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what happened, but we lost to nonsense, and there was nothing we were doing about it. But I mean, you still have a pretty good, um, a pretty good kit here. Um, I, we've got APX Voids um, list because that's kind of the he's kind of setting the gold standard as usual when it comes with Mage. But I mean, Tortolan Pilgrim and, and Dragoncaster are still very much cards. You run Puzzle Box. You still have Amazing Reno. You still have the Highlander cards. And Maligos is still very good. You, you get to run Rolling Fireball now because you have room for it. Um, and you get to an Astromancer Solarian is a stupid, stupid card that is not that people are not annoyed with enough yet. But is going to be as soon. I think once we get the nerfs, Solarian's going to be a little bit more of a um, of a strong choice than it is now. Because when you get to play that, it being able to to have half a puzzle box where everything goes on your, goes at your opponent ends up being really powerful when it decides to target your opponent's cards. I Solarian a full puzzle box uh, a couple days ago, and it's uh, Clown Fiesta. That's, I agree. The card is quite good. The byline, the second line, actually matters a ton about the target opponent when uh, when capable. Um, though that does include Conjurer's Calling, it will target your opponent's stuff with Conjurer's Calling. Be aware of that. Um, it's a fun card, and the the biggest upside to running Highlander Mage right now is that freezing is really good in this meta because if you freeze a Demon Hunter, half of their cards do not work. Which is also why I could see Frozen Shadow Weaver being a tech card, the three mana four three neutral freeze an enemy. Uh, just being in a lot of decks, I will play that in many decks just to freeze my opponent's face on when they are going into their five mana turn. Nice war glaze, nice adept, and they can't do anything. And then you're able to just kind of steal the board from there. Yeah, and deep freeze will target face. I could see running. I think the the list of Peltire and I were running had a frost bolt in it, and I could see that also. Um, yeah. APX Void has cut that for Cadgar and Conjurer's Calling. So, I mean, you know, if when you can do that, if you have the means, then <laughs> you may as well. But it's still, and he's running Naga Sandwich in this list too, which is, uh, I, which probably explains the lack of Frostbolt. And that's definitely a, a choice you can make. His deck is built to really only have big spells, but there are other ways to build it too. But I, I think that Highlander Mage is a deck that really people haven't been spending a lot of time with just because it was a deck that was really kind of oppressive. 
and it felt like it lost too much, but I don't think it's lost as much as people think it has. Um, I think it's still going to be viable, especially as, as things come down in power level a little bit. And and then Spell Mages, and also Spell Mage is the other deck that people have been spending a lot more time experimenting with. Um, I've got a list here from Jackie, but the, a lot of the lists kind of look similar because, I mean, once you start going down to just spells, there aren't, like, there. some of the individual card choices change, but a lot of them are, are pretty set in stone because either they're the payoff cards or they're just, they're, there are only so many spells. I think as we get more sets, this will kind of vary a little bit more. But right now, there's just a lot. There, there's not so many spells that you can really build this in a lot of different ways. But you can do things like play Puzzle Box or not, um, or play, uh, you know, play play Secrets or not. Most of them play Secrets with Ancient Mysteries, and, and you're running Encanter's Flow, you're running Apex's Blast, um, you're running you're running Font of Power, you're running Evocation. Like a lot of these are are pretty are pretty set, but it's not bad. It's it does rely a lot on RNG as far as what minions you get and when. But I mean, again, if if freezes are good, then having twice as many freezes in the deck, actually even more than that, is it can only be better against those decks. Yeah, though the latest list, uh, Zeddy is the one that's probably played this the most in High Legend and has cut the deep freezes entirely just to go a little bit lower curve. I will say that Spell Mage in general feels more complete than we thought it did during the review season and feels almost good enough. And I think it is almost good enough. But I don't think after the dust settles, there will be a reason to play this over a lot of other decks unless you want to. And it's fun. And it's enjoyable. It really takes advantage of Learned Raconic, which is from DoD. Uh, you are able to get a 6-6 six, six on a turn where you also often play an Apex Blast. So you get a 6-6 six, six and a 5-drop on turn 5, and that's really, really strong. Uh, Rolling Fireball is a surprisingly good clear. Very good against Demon Hunter. They go Seder Overseer, and you go your board's gone. Very nice. And there's a good bit of defensive stuff here. Ray of Frost and Frost Nova, of course, but both Flame Ward and Ice Barrier are very powerful. The threat density is very much dependent on what do you find on Font of Power. And that's a little tricky because sometimes you find an Astromancer Solarian and you really want to play it on two, then your opponent kills it, and then you play a Pexus Blast on five and you don't get a five drop, and you're like, oh, because there's a Prime in my deck. Um, and you have two Power of Creation, two Font of Power, two Learn Draconic, and two Apexus Blast, and that is your threat dense. That, that's your threat density total. That's it. You've got eight cards that do something. Uh, and that's not a ton. So I wouldn't want to play this against like a Priest. Priest would probably be able to keep up pretty easily. Um, and you're just dependent a lot on finding good minions. Now, the random spell pool and the random minion pool are both a lot better now than they were when we had Year of the Raven sets. Oh, in. yeah. Because Year of the Raven had a lot of bad cards. And you really didn't want a lot of the legendary spells from Boomsday, in particular Myra's. But uh, Reno now is way better, and uh, and Font of Power is pretty likely to get you three minions that matter. Yeah, yeah, and and well, I, you you can still I, I still have played a uh, puzzle box and deck myself. Like that still happens. You can still run splint sprint into nourish into into fungal fortunes and stuff like that. There there are a lot of draw multiple card spells, but it's. It's still it's a lot safer than it used to be. In general, a lot of the random effects across the board, and we'll talk about priests in a little bit too. Um, but yeah, they're they're much better than they used to be. And and I'm also going to feature this this other list from Paper Ninja. I don't know that I would recommend you play it, but this seems like a freeze mage um, with dragons in it. 
basically we're it's running a, a weird it's deck. very it's weird a, I, it's I, a really strange I, I had to feature it because for 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 uh posca because posca is posca loves freeze mage like i love control priest so i i wanted to make sure that we feature this but you're basically running uh you're running all of the burn spells uh except for a pexis blast and you're running, uh, uh, you know, Alexstrasza and Caligos and Dragoncaster and Maligos, uh, Aspect of Magic. And to Twilight Drakes, you're running an Azure Explorer because that also gives you more spell damage. You're running Scale Riders. You have Loot Hoarders to draw. You have you have a bunch of Freezes with Doomsayers. And you're also running Astromancer Solarian because very often, um, I, it feels like way more often than it should, it throws a Pyroblast at face. <laughs> so that can sometimes just be lethal on its own. So I don't I wouldn't recommend this. This is looks like a very difficult deck to play in a meta that is not really suited for it. But if you love Freeze Mage unconditionally, then this is a deck you can try. So when we say Freeze Mage, what we think of and what a newer player to the game will think of are very different. Because this is hey Freeze Mage, I didn't read the assignment, can I copy your homework? And <laughs> it plays a lot of the same cards, but Freeze Mage, for those unfamiliar, the original freeze mage from from classic was a very minion light damage based combo deck that did not really want to care about the board at all and would keep freezing your stuff until it killed you from hand usually by alexing you with an ice block up or by just having enough burn and this is a minion deck with a lot of effects to say freeze and still cool and i like the idea but not what i think of when i think of freeze mage at the same time it looks really fun and I will try it and, and give up some legend ranks. Yeah, I think the closest analog that we've had to Freeze Mage would be Holy Wrath Paladin. Like that's that's about as close as we've gotten where you just play menu the only menus that you play for the most part are ones that either draw or advance your win condition and then you just you're you're ignoring your opponent's board or clearing your opponent's board until you get to burn them down. And and that's that's what this is trying to do, but it's got a lot more minions and a lot fewer burn spells, so it probably can't do it all in one turn. But it, it's it's an interesting idea. And it may there might be something there or might again, a lot of some of these some of these decks that we're gonna see are proofs of concept that maybe in a set or two get one or two more pieces and then become something that's a meta deck. So it's worth kind of being aware of them. Yes. Um and speaking of proofs of concept, we can talk about Paladin. Because <laughs> that's all the Paladin has right now. Um but it's got so okay. Murloc Paladin is gonna be a bigger thing than it is right now. Yeah. Give it a give it a few days, give it a Demon Hunter nerf. It'll be a bigger thing than it is right now. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's pretty simple to build. I've got a list from Freshka. You basically, you search your collection, you put in Murloc, you, you, you search your collection for Murloc, you put in all the cards, then you put in a couple of buffs and Underlight Angling Rod, and you go to town. I mean, that that's basically the deck. Um, you have Sam Brith and Hand of a Doll, and uh, you have Blessing of Kings. And he doesn't even run. This I mean, is you, kind of like yeah. a this is a scaled tribal variant where it plays dragons and murlocs. Most lists are playing scale lord, but not many of the other dragons. Um, but this list is cool. I like this one. Yeah, he's got bronze explorers, which is a dragon that gets you dragons. Um, so that that helps a little bit. I mean, he doesn't only has like five dragons in there, but that's pretty much all you need in a deck like this. He's not running tip the scales. It's too. It's probably too expensive. Um, but we are running Felfin Navigator. We're running. Uh, we're running Murger McGurgle, aka Shielded Murglebot. Um, cause that card's just dumb and, and, and you don't want to run tip the scales if you're running that anyway, cause you really don't want to summon the prime. So, and you're running Sir Finley as a Murloc as just because you don't ever expect the battle cry to go off, but he's a two man to two, three Murloc. So you play him. Um, I, I, I could see it being viable. 
Um, I also, I don't have a list for it, but I did play when I was deep, deep in the throes of, of low rank legend. I played against a quest paladin that basically its entire goal in life was to complete the quest as quickly as possible and then play Murgur McGurgle and just shuffle a million McGurgle primes into the deck. And it was surprisingly effective. I was playing Priest, so, I mean, that's... It's not going to have a lot of answers for that if I don't hit, like, exactly Plague of Death. But, um... Because, like, once you start shuffling a couple of of Begurgle Primes into the deck, like, that that starts to snowball pretty quickly. Um, And and it's very hard to remove the Murger McGurgles. It's also hard to say. Um, But it's it's hard to remove them because of the Divine Shield. So you're getting a 2-2 Divine Shield... And a 2-1 Divide Shield, and then you just keep, if any of them live, you just keep making more of them. So I could, I, you know, I didn't get that code from them, but I could see that being a potential quest paladin that comes around once things slow down. But it, it's probably still too slow. It's, that's in an anti-priest meta, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think your opponent was living the dream, but I would probably yeah. not pursue that avenue for Murloc Paladin. Probably stick with the more straightforward aggressive type. Yeah. But that sounds amazing. Yeah. That it sounds w- really fun. I, I, I had all the respect in the world for them because that was a 25-minute game. But, I mean, they I, I wanted them to live their best life. So, you know, I, I let that keep going. But And I almost got there, but I couldn't find enough clears. Um, but we also do have – there's a pure paladin – there are a couple of Liberum Paladins that are running around. Um, some of them are pure. Some of them are not. Um, we have a, a pure one from a list that – from an, a player whose name looks like a deck code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's, and it's it's all in an Asian language that I don't speak. But, you know, I mean, pure Paladin, you kind of can figure out how to build it. He actually is – it's not entirely pure because he is running a, a Harrison – and I'm not sure if he's running like Wormrest purifiers, and, and this is a weird list anyway. But I mean, all of the all of the paladin lists are a little bit weird, just because they're not they're not really doing enough. I, I saw a Dragon Rider on her stream early in the week, like trying every paladin deck she could try to build, and and none of them were really were really working for her because they just couldn't keep up. Ultimately, I think again the the Librums seem like almost there. And the Librums are there. The paladin yeah. stuff isn't there. Right. Like, the supporting the everything Librams else. Are there good. Is, yeah. All the other Paladin cards, Paladin has two rules. If you are in Classic or Basic, you have two rules. Either you cost four or you are terrible. Those are your options in Classic and Basic. No other options. So the Librams are all really strong cards, including the little uh, Librams of Wisdom, the the little Explorer's Hat. It's surprisingly powerful, and the deck has a lot going on, but all the surrounding Paladin cards are just not there. And it's so much of it is filler support because you have nothing else. And you have to hit your good cards and not draw the other Paladin cards. So when more support is printed, there will be something. I think Murloc Paladin will end up being a thing. Um, The pure Paladin cards are also almost there, but you still just need some early game stuff. And there isn't a lot outside of like Shotbot and Murger and no one drops that are worth playing. Not a single one. That's good. Yeah. Like if we had Righteous Protector, it'd make a world of difference. Yeah, and and uh, Sharon has a has a list that's not quite pure. That it's close, and it's running all of the Librams, and it's learning Liadrin, and it looks like it's running Kalthos to try yeah, it's to very cycle yeah. heavy, very yeah. very cycle heavy. Um, it's fine, but we're we're grasping at straws, and again, no one drops in the deck. There isn't a good one to play. Yeah. There's just not a good one mana thing to play in a paladin deck, and that's this is not the format for that. And Christology going away hurts a lot. Like you could tell, like yeah. how much the card draw from Christology mattered to like every paladin deck, and not having it, like you're playing like Salad's Pride, 
in here, and that's like that is not Christology, like not even close. Um, yeah. And and the problem with the Liberums is you do have to play four cards that are just. I mean, they're not bad. the The two drop is not great. The five drop is is a reasonable taunt at least, but that's four cards that aren't doing what you want to do. That are just kind of the 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 anti for being able to run the Liberums. So yeah. you know, but you you can get there. But yeah, I think I think we'll we'll have more to say about Paladin in a couple of weeks, maybe, um, or maybe it'll have to wait for whatever their event is. That's uh, they've said they're not buffing cards like Rise of the Mechs again. Thank goodness, but they'll probably have something to shake up the meta in like a month or so. I expect we'll see something, but we're, I'm curious to see what it is. But but that that is the problem with Paladin is that it's getting in the beam between us and Priest, and that is where the fun is. And and this is not just me talking now. Like, normally, I'm the only one who thinks Priest is fun, but I think we've gotten to a a general consensus that Priest is actually a fun class, and it has multiple viable decks in a four-set meta for, I think, the first time ever. I can't remember the last time we had more than one viable Priest deck in a four-set meta. And we'll just get Resurrect Priest, Priest out of the way so we can talk about the fun stuff. Um, Racy's got a list that he's a top 100 with right now. It's not very much different. We're running Renew because healing for three and then getting a spell for one mana is a good thing. Um, and we're running we're running both Breath of the Infinite and Holy Nova because there's a lot of little stuff in the meta. And uh, Holy Nova is a real card at four mana. Um, it's it's way better at four mana even though it doesn't hit face anymore. And you generally run, he's running two skeletal dragons. Most lists run one or two, and then everything else is what you know from Resurrect Priest, and it works pretty much the same. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. Yeah, and people can get. So, did you see Hunter Race's list today? I, I haven't not. shown this to you yet. I did not. Okay, I'm sending it to you. I want to see your reaction live on <laughs> on recording. Okay, uh, I'm sending it to you in Discord. It's a people can get weird with Res Priest. There are a lot of cards that are core. But you'd be surprised at the direction that people can go in just because the base cards are so good. Escape Mana Saber and Murazon the Infinite? And Shadowy Figure? Like, hard run in the deck? The, the two-mana 2-2 two, two epic that copies, the, uh, that copies a minion with Death Rattle? Yes, that is in the deck. Wow. Um, one Mass Res, one Plague of Death. Um, there, it, it's, it's a very interesting deck. There's a Blood Mage Thalnos. Yeah, that's this is I mean, I, Hunter Ace, I'm not going to I'm not going to doubt Hunter Ace like he knows what he's doing, but this is this is something. <laughs> this is yeah, really so something. We should we should talk about the core priest cards that weren't around before. And there are a few changes. You talked about Holy Nova, Holy Smite, big deal, one mana deal three to a minion, really powerful card, very good in the current meta. Um this list does not run Renew, but I would say Renew is often frequently played. Yeah, Holy Smite's Holy Smite's kind of a weird a weird inclusion actually cuz Holy Smite's more of a Highlander or a or a Galakron card. It's not typically run in Res Priest. This lineup is planning on targeting Demon Hunter, so this is a uh this list is built to target Demon Hunter, and that's why you see a lot less late game stuff. Yeah, cuz you're not you're just not going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. But the late game card that you always need that is that is core in Priest is Soul Mirror, and boy is that card fun that to play with. That card is amazing. And and just the right amount of good. It's worse than Psychic Scream. It's probably better than Light Bomb. You get one copy, and it can do really cool, interesting, and funky things, especially when you get to massage your opponent's board to exactly where you want it. And playing it against a Priestess of Fury, that's the 7-6-7 oh, the seven seven that shoots six missiles. Well, we both get six ones, except mine goes off before yours does, and it would be a shame if your minion had one health and all your other minions were dead. 
Yeah. And it, that's it's, often what happens. It's very, very good. It's it's good enough that you don't care that you're polluting your res pool. Like, you really super don't care. And and your res pool yep. just gets polluted at a certain point anyway. By the time you need a full board clear, it, you're, it's, you're, it's too late to be worrying about your res pool anyway. And, and it is incredibly good. Especially, like, clearing off, like, a Galakron Warlock, like, a, a Galakron board out of Galakron Warlock. It's very good at that. It's very good at dealing with a token a, a token Druid board. It's, like, there's a lot of situations where you just get a full clear, and it's not hard to set up. And you can sometimes high roll and get, like, your own copy of a Death Rattle or just value trade the one minion that you care about in the case of Priestess of Fury. And, and it is really, really good. It, I, I am very hesitant to recommend crafts this early, especially right before right before nerfs, but like Soul Mirror is pretty close to like an easy craft. If you're, it, it's just going to be a matter of Priest continues to be good, which it seems like it's going to be because it's not it's dodging all of these changes. And Soul Mirror is is uh, I didn't think that it was going to be as good as Mass Mass um, Hysteria, but it's pretty close, if not better, in a lot of situations. Uh, if it were the same mana cost, it would be better. Uh, yeah. I think seven mana legendary makes it on par, but being on par with that card is very good. Also, I think the best animation of all time, or at least in contention for it. Um, one uh, of my Relic, favorite animations Relic, Relic of Souls is a little bit better, I have to say. Relic- oh, that's just a weird lawnmower man face. Oh, but he comes out and he does you like the, the Sinistar. Sinistar reference. I know, you like the I Sinistar do. reference. It's, I know. And, be and older. he kind of like comes be out. It's almost three D, and he kind of like pops uh-huh. out of the board. Whoa, three dimensions. We didn't have that back in my day. <laughs> it's, I do like Reliquary of Souls. It has the cool little face, but it's just creepy. It creeps me out. It's got like Lawnmower Man vibes. Yeah. Um, it's. But yeah, that's, so Soul Mirror is really good. Priest just has a lot of core tools. You did say Priest is dodging changes. That is not true because Bad Luck Albatross is going to get made worse. Yeah, but um, I don't. I don't even know that. Like, I don't even know if it's correct to be running Bad Luck Albatross. I know Ray is running it in his. Like, I I'm not even convinced that Bad Luck Albatross is 100 percent worth running anyway in this list. It's sure. certainly if it's going to get because it's because it's like there aren't a lot of Highlander lists. Uh, like Demon Hunter, just like a lot of the decks, like Demon Hunter and Zoo, just don't care about the one one. Like that's fine. They'll just draw more cards anyway. And like it's just like a four three. That's a bad resurrect. So. Like it, yes, it's an early drop. If it gets, it, it, I'm, I'm assuming that the, what they're going to do is increase the mana cost because I don't think they, I don't think anybody cares about like the stats on it. I, mm. They could, they might. They, there's a possibility they could nerf the stats down, but I think it's more likely that they just bump the mana cost up. And if it gets above three, there's no way you play in this deck going forward because then it starts competing with Bone Wraith and which which and Vargoth which are Vargoth is way better in this meta than it was before by the way with the in, with the inclusion of Holy Nova and Renew um like Vargoth gets way 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 better um just just because there's more that it can do that are that is proactive you're not just playing it out and hoping to hit a mass resurrection with it um it's it's because the grave rune is kind of like that that's the dream but that doesn't happen enough because you have to basically have him alone on a board or have a, a board with no minions on your opponent's side and drop the, the Vargoth and drop the Grave Rune. And that just does not happen enough. But being able to double up on a Breath of the Infinite or a Holy Nova, Holy Nova in particular, is a big deal. Being able to, to do four to the board and heal four, that, that's actually really relevant in a lot more situations than I expected. Yep. It's, I've been surprised by how Vargoth is just a better card now. Uh, it's, it's good. It should be in your deck. Uh, I... I know we're back a bit now, but I do think that Bad Luck Albatross will just get its stats changed. I don't think that... If you put it to four mana, you kill the card. Um, 
So I expect they're just going to make it more of a more of a cost, a tempo investment, because as of right now, a three mana four three is at cost, and then it gets a really powerful effect upside. But I wasn't expecting them to change that card anyway. So yeah, I wasn't either. And I I mean, there is an argument that that should be more of a targeted tech card than it is, because right now it's just a good minion that you play. Like, and it's not it's not like a choice that you play for a specific meta where Highlander is very is very popular. Um, so which I think is the way that they they expected the the card to be used. So. I, I could see them bumping it up to four just to make it more of like a specific tech card then and it falls out of a lot of decks because I mean Galakron Warlock's playing that as a three drop too which is is a thing you can do I think they I, I get the feeling that they don't want that to be a three drop you know because there's just aren't a lot of good three drops in, in a couple of classes but we'll see Maybe. I'm we'll curious see. to see because I don't think that was on either of our radars but no. speaking of things that weren't in our radar how about how good Galakron is and how about how good a little two drop that could is from the new set. So, so the two drop that convent that that converted the entire coin can see cast into actual avowed priest mains for at least a day. <laughs> it's uh, they made a little Lyra. What are we supposed to do? Uh, We're not made of stone. They made a little Lyra. Okay, so I, I I've got hot forms list here. This is probably not the best. There, so there's Galakron priest or mid range priest, depending on which one you want to call it, is. I don't think it's there. I think the Highlander list is better, but it is a yes. viable deck. Hotform took this to Legend. Hotform is also playing Hearthstone again. That's news. Because um, Hotform was like a variety streamer for a while. He was a 2015 uh, world world finalist. Um, but this list is running uh, Sethic, Veilweaver, and a bunch of like cheap minions. You're running two Disciples of Galakron, two Imprisoned Homunculus, which is the one drop that's a 2-5 taunt, which is dormant for two turns. You're running Reliquarius Souls. You're running Grand Mummies. Um, you, you get to run Madame Lazul, finally, which is a really good card that just didn't have a deck. Um, and then, and then you have you know bone rates and psych split and and psych splits and a bunch of stuff that targets minions. Um, Sethic Veil Weaver, you probably know by now because you've probably seen it, but in case you don't, um, and I said this in the card review, but I'll say it again: it triggers whenever you target any minion, not just yours. So Shadow or Death is something that triggers. Um, renew, Holy Smite. Holy Smite. If you're and just it's... even just renewing, just gets you two cards with with Veil Weaver, and you can do a lot of dirty, dirty, dirty things with this card um and and i've gotten mind controls and mind controlled <laughs> minions that my opponents buffed up because this is 2015 all over again um and mind control I was, mind control is not a card you would play in your deck but it certainly is a card that you can get and will and will will wreck your opponent you can get uh, some of these lists are running shadow madness which at three mana is also a real card and and can do a lot of things against uh, particularly in the re- against the res priests because being able to let your opponent buff up a uh, a cartoon defender or a um, or a convincing infiltrator and then take it and then kill it on your side of the board is a thing that you can do and it ruins their day. Um, I actually had a game where I my I was playing against a mage and I shadow madness their astromancer Solarian grave ruined it gave it reborn with an embalming ritual that I gotten off of a veil weaver and then traded it and got four four uh, Solarians in my deck. And unfortunately, one of those played Puzzle Box and drew me seven cards. <laughs> so that, that game didn't end the way I wanted it to. But it was a pretty sweet game in, in any event. So, um, But this, I mean, the, the mid-range list is okay. The Highlander list and Tic Tac's list in particular is playing that as top 100 legend, I think is really the way you're going to build this. Because, again, having the, the Dragon Queen and having the... Um, 
having the the Zephyrus helps a lot. Um, you can, and then you can when you play Madame Lazul, you can take their Zephyrus and it's immediately active, and that happens more than you'd think because a number of decks are running Zephyrus not as a Highlander deck, but just to because they draw through their deck like Galakron Warlock and um, some of the OTK Demon Hunters, so they'll end up drawing drawing Zephyrus and just holding it in hand. So that means that you hit it with Lazul a lot of the time, and then you get to play two Zephyruses. Um, you get to you get to play Murzond, which is not as bad of a card as I thought it was. Um, it actually comes in handy a fair amount of the time, and you get to run um, Shadowward Ruin and Cobalt Spellkin to get more copies of Renew, and you get to run an Acidic Swamp Boost for when you run into a Demon Hunter or to kill a Galakron weapon or a, or a Stormhammer, and you get to run Thought Steel, which just creates a lot of weird things and and op, 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 Apotheosis. Oh, gosh, that card is hard to card to pronounce apotheosis is is actually a really really strong card just because it lets you um especially if you get a minion to stick you just get to be able to heal for x where x is the the minions attack plus two and you get to buff it up and um and if you're a veil weavers on the board you get to trigger it and there's like a lot of good things that happen from from apotheosis a lot of the time healing is good right now Uh, i will also say counter to that this deck does not run the Prime because I think that they've reached the same conclusion that I have. The Prime is kind of not kind of not great. Yeah. Uh, the second half is theoretically good, but way too slow to get it. And the first yeah. half is a Dire Mole with Lifesteal, and that's all right. But it doesn't line up really well against the threats in the format right now. It doesn't kill a Battlefiend, and not killing a Battlefiend is, is, means you shouldn't be playing the card. Yeah. If you're going to play a one-mana card, it needs to kill a Battlefiend. Yeah, or I could do see, something else relevant. I could see in a ro- in a rogue heavy meta, I could see that Seymour play just because it can kill lackeys. Um, sure. But right now, it just doesn't do it doesn't do very much for you, and it's just a one mana one three at a stage of the game usually when you don't need the life steal, and the one the one point of life steal doesn't really matter anyway. Um, you do get to play Mind Flare Carge, and Mind Flare Carge is a very good card. Um, I mean, even yes. if it's just getting you the tempo and getting you through a board clear and getting you another minion on board after a board clear, like sometimes that's enough. Um, and sometimes you get a really good minion off of it too. And, and you can run psycho pump, which is of questionable value in this deck, but it's still just like another annoying minion to get rid of. Like it's not, you're not looking to get real resurrect value off of it. You're not running mass resurrect or anything like that. You're just looking to get a minion with reborn that has stats along with a three one. And that's, that's enough. Um, and you don't run any of the invokes in this list. You just run Galakron and Kronks because Galakron is just fine on its own. It's good. It's enough late game value. And the Galakron pool also is way better when you're not drawing like test subjects and, um, and the, the two one that draws a a death rattle from your deck. Like the, the, the worst draws are probably like the new one and two drops from the classic set, but you get a lot better cards and you often get, we'll, we'll get like multiple Lazuls or Karjas or Murazons or Skeletal Dragons, Aeon, Aeon Reavers, Reavers, one of my favorite. Sandhook yeah, Water Bearers are good. Like, there's a lot of good things you can get off Galakron The Raven now. cards were so bad. Like, yeah. every single random pool got better by taking out all the icky Raven sets because the Raven sets were just not good sets. Uh, like, they were aiming for a lower power level and they got it. Yeah. And removing lower power level cards makes your random effects better. Yeah, and and this is something I was I was saying for a long time. Like I I was saying even when Resurrect Priest was starting to include Galakron, like this is going to get better when we get rid of all these crappy minions. And it looks like I might have actually known what I was talking about for once. So, but this deck is a blast to play. It's just a lot of fun. Like I don't even care if I'm winning though. I do when I checked HS replay, I have like a sixty percent win rate with it at Legend, which is pretty good. 
Um, but you just find ways to win. Like it, it is like it, it's it's like getting into Bodicus mode, where you just like find obnoxious situations from a bunch of randomly generated stuff, and you just make it happen. And the cards are generally good anyway. And then you get enough random stuff to kind of fill in the gaps. It's like the new scam mage almost. Yeah, kind. Of, well, like you have to pay mana for your stuff, so it's not quite the same. Um, I've been very impressed by Skeletal Dragon. There's just so many good dragons. Like, we learned that from DQA, which we also, we don't have to pay mana for those. Paying mana for them is usually fine. And so many games now, you have to say, well, we have to be careful if they get Nazari. Because Nazari happens. We, I did a coaching today where we were playing Aggro Demon Hunter. An opponent was on, uh, was on, I think it was Highlander Rogue. And they played DQA, and they played two Nazaris. <laughs> yes. We won anyways because they didn't hold one of the Nazaris. Oh, that was, why, oh man. I mean, that's just greedy. Yeah, they went, like, they went straight up, Dragon Queen Alex Draza, jam Nazari, jam second Nazari, just to get more stuff on board. You never go full Nazari. Like. I, I guess, <laughs> I guess not. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I mean, I think that, and and you just get a lot of good, and you also can get class minions from other classes, which is important. Like, it's not discover a, a dragon; it's it's get a random dragon. So sometimes you get Maligos, uh, Rottenest Drake, Rottenest Rotten Drake, very good. Deathwing Mad Aspect is very good. Um, sometimes, sometimes, not always. <laughs> not always. It's true. Be careful; it hits your own stuff. Yeah, but uh, I learned I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, you can get the poison, the the primordial explorer from Hunter. You can get, I mean, even just like dragon. You get plenty of dragons that give you more dragons. There, there's like a lot of a lot of good things that you can get from there. And and even the bad ones are still like an extra body. It's extra value. So yeah. and yeah. sometimes you hit a Ysera unleash and then you win the mirror. Yeah, Bodicus did that on stream. His opponent uh, got a Ysera unleash off their first tick, and then uh, that was enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, getting seven more dragons as long as you don't need the the Highlander cards to go off is uh, is fine. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. And there's also, I've got a combo priest in here too. I, I'm calling it a combo priest because it runs Interfire. That's also running Sethic Veilweaver. That's, it's kind of similar. It's just running, um, it's running a lot lower curve. It's running two Psycho Pumps. It's running Amet. And, um, and, and it's running Interfires to just kind of build a board with a big butt and then Interfire it. So this is kind of like a fairer Interfire deck. This is kind of like what I've been talking about with Priest Class Identity that you kind of need Interfire as a payoff when you're doing a strategy like that where you're buffing up your minions health and then and then healing them like you need that as a payoff so this is kind of the example of that it's not great but it's something you can do if you really miss combo priest and it does run sethic veil weaver as well so you can kind of you can renew a lot and then kind of scam yourself into more into more spells that way yeah uh and the best interfire i think is the one that you randomly generate but a lot of times just playing it might be enough uh this this is a deck for people who are feeling spicy. I I would not recommend this list. No, no. the other two are better. Like I, I, I Hot Forms mid range priest is okay. I would be looking at Tic Tac's Highlander priest, and he's been streaming it the last couple days, so you could go watch his vods to get an idea of how he's playing it. But I, I would the Tic Tac's Tic Tac's Highlander priest is very very good, and I would expect after the nerfs it could become like a legitimate meta deck. It's very good. Um, and I'm not yeah. just saying that as a priest mate. I'm saying that like objectively. <laughs> it's priest isn't embarrassing to like anymore. Like you have good classic cards. You can just be like, oh, we get a lightning bolt that doesn't overload us. That's pretty cool. Oh, we get a consecrate that doesn't go face but heals our stuff. That's pretty great. Oh, shadow or death costs two. That's so cool. I can Zephyrus on four and I still have two mana up to play a priest card. That's not embarrassing. That's so wonderful. It's priest gets to do cool stuff now and it's not just resing and it can res. But you don't have to res. I think I think priest is. It feels a lot better to play with. I'm really, I'm really glad that they did what they did. It made a big difference, 
and Northshire Cleric, I I really enjoyed playing Combo Priest. It can stay in Wild. Yeah, I don't miss it. It can stay there. And, like, almost all of the reworked cards, except for, like, Shadow Word, uh, the Powered Shield, are seeing play. Like, in some form yep. or another. And they're and even when you get them randomly generated, they're good. Like, they actually make a difference. Like, like three mana Shadow Madness, two mana Death, four mana Holy, Holy Nova. Like, those are all really good cards now. Like, cards that you're not embarrassed to play. Like, five mana Holy Nova was an embarrassment. This is a really good four mana. Um, yeah. so, so we can move on to Rogue. And, and Rogue is kind of struggling to get footing. It's a lot of a lot of the same things that it was doing in the last expansion, which makes sense because it didn't really lose much. Um, it, kind of the new mechanics that it got are kind of being sprinkled in for some flavor. Like, uh, there's Pizza's got a Galakron Rogue that's running Secrets in Hanar. Um, there's an, a list from Alessandro that's a Galakron Rogue that's running, um, that's running some of the stealth synergies. Like, you kind of pick stealth or Secrets and um, you kind of make those your your Galakrond spice, and sometimes you're running Stealth and Secrets and no Galakrond. Um, Highlander Rogue is still a thing because it still has a lot of powerful cards, and it still has Edwin, and it still has and it still can make use of getting free Dragon Queen Alexstrasza's off of uh, High Spiral Togwaggle or or off of a Galakrond, and and most of the cards that it played Sans Leroy are still there. Um, and then you can run a whole bunch of different stuff if you want to. So it's it's basically like all of the all of the new cycles that they put into Rogue are seeing play in some form or another, but none of them are really like uh, overwhelmingly popular, overwhelmingly effective, just because of like what else is in the meta right now. Yep the the best Rogue card printed in this expansion was Greyheart Sage. That's the three mana yeah. three three. That uh, that if you control Stealthman, you draw two cards. Really powerful, super strong, going to be a thing at some point. Uh, there is an aggro Stealth Rogue that was doing well pre-nerf that was good against Demon Hunters. It's really low to the ground. Might still be okay, but not a lot of people working on it. Because as of right now, if you want to play Rogue, play Demon Hunter. Same thing, except it wins more, right? It's effectively the same thing. Uh, and the Rogue decks, I think we can say that Hanar is about performing with expectations you don't quite build around it but you do start your deck with it and change uh the card selection because of it the issue is that rogue secrets right now there aren't enough of them that there are three rogue secrets which means there are three triggers right play a minion play a spell attack a minion you can figure out which secret that is with one game action almost every time and you can play around those three secrets because there aren't any others to choose from when hanar starts generating value it is annoying and very good it is very, very good and hard to deal with. You get limited by how many secrets you can play at a time, five secrets, but you get to draw a lot of cards and generate a lot of stuff. It's really fun, and it's pretty good. It is not game-winning because secrets are inherently reactive, and rogues want to play cheap secrets. So they don't usually go for mage, which are the really devastating ones. The mage ones are only okay right now anyways. Flame Ward is not what you want to be doing as rogue because they're trading with your stuff. Uh, you don't. You can netherwind portal, which is fine, I guess. Um, the secrets are relevant but not game winning they're annoying they're good annoying value so a two minute one five that generates good annoying value that's good enough to run but you don't go crazy for it you run it out on turn two and then if it dies it's fine if it draws you one or two cards it's good and that's hanar yeah i mean it, it, the problem is that it's a, it's it's making you run anti-tempo cards in a tempo class right like that's that's kind of yeah. like if you if you get the dream with hanar i mean first of all the payoff is more anti-tempo 
stuff. I mean, eventually it, it makes up for it. But like your your payoff for for hitting the dream with an R is you get another secret that is still anti tempo at the end of the day. And yeah. you have to run those. You, you're not always going to get Hanar because it's a legendary. So sometimes you're just going to have to play those secrets out. And then when you have to do that and, and take a turn to just play a secret, you're losing tempo as a tempo class. That is generally not the way that you want to be going with Rogue. But, you know, it's it's enough sometimes when you have enough tempo behind it, that you can still make it work. Um, it will probably again, it will probably get better as Demon Hunter gets a little worse. And, and uh, there's also probably something to be said for like. There may just be some rogue fatigue at the end of the day. Like, rogue was one of the most overwhelmingly popular classes for the entire last set from the ver- from basically the last set of nerfs before Galakron's Awakening. And, and uh, as you said, Demon Hunter's a, basically a better rogue. And also, people are incentivized to play Demon Hunter to get to their, to get to their 500,000 win portraits. So there, there's just like, if you're going to play that style of deck, you can just play Demon Hunter and then start working towards your 500 wins. There, there's probably something there, too. Yeah, uh, Rogue is the third highest class in HS replay. It's at 49.8%. Um, the good stuff is not the new stuff. And the new stuff is not the good stuff. And you can put Hanar and some secrets in your deck. You can also play a Highlander Rogue deck from last expansion, take out the Zilliax, take out the Snip Snap, and play all the other cards, and you're fine. And uh, that's probably not where people want to be right now. And Demon Hunter feels very roguey, except it wins more. So I'm not surprised at all that it's just not making as much of a dent on ladder. It's not as popular. It's still good. It's the same deck. Uh, I think Highlander is probably better than full Galakrond right now, uh, but it's close. Really, it's just going to depend on how the meta develops. But as of right now, Love Rogue, don't see a huge reason to play it unless you want to play Demon Hunter, but you don't want to play Demon Hunter. Yeah, and I mean, if you really want to go in generating full nonsense, then you can play Highlander Priest. And that's that's like Highlander Rogue of Last Expansion with the, the amount of uh, nonsense that you get to generate in the game. So, Yes. Um. So, and that brings us on to Warlock, and I, I, we'll just, we'll talk about Galakron Warlock first, because that's going to be the deck that most people are seeing. It will probably take a step back, because they're doing something to Sacrificial Pact, probably either either increasing the cost or making it target only friendly minions, or both. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it went up to one and only targeted friendly minions. Um, but, you know, it's probably going to be at least one of those things when they change it, but... Um, right now, it's it's a lot of the same list. Um, the one thing that's going into this list now that wasn't in there before is Moark Artificer, which is the two mana two four that says your your spells deal double damage. I learned the hard way that those stack. So what that means oh, yes. is that when you you can play two of them and Nether Breath something and heal for sixteen and do eight damage, and that's that. Or, or actually, it's sixteen. Well, it's sixteen damage, and then you heal for sixteen. Um, that's a lot. You can also play with Dark Skies. You can play with Mortal Coil. Um, you, some of these lists run on Stable Felvolt. Some of them run Rain, Rain of Flames. I think the Rain of Flames is kind of it, it's it's kind of a meta call. Rain of Flames is the kind of thing you run more when you have when you see more Spell Druid. Unstable Felvolt is the thing you see when you play when you see more Demon Hunter. Um, there are some other defensive cards that get run in the list. This one list from Windello, who it was ranked one legend with it, is running uh, Overconfident Orc, which is I believe the three six that uh, gets. Uh, has plus two or it's a one six that gets plus two attack when it's um fully at full health and he's also running an aranasi broodmother just for extra healing and and taunt but um i mean the deck really plays very similar to the way that it did he's actually cutting the zephyrus and the dragon queen alex Straza for some of those defensive tools which is probably not a bad idea given the aggression that's coming out for demon hunter just an anti-demon hunter list and and really teched hard against that um there are a bunch of different ways to to build uh 
Warlock to beat Demon Hunter. Uh, the main thing to keep in mind about this deck, when they nerf Sack Pack next week, this deck gets a lot worse. Way worse. And you still play Sack Packed. You still play it. But zero mana, kill your opponent's minion, gain five, is a lot better than zero mana, kill my own one, one, gain five. Yeah. You'll still play Sack Pact. And we already played it because we need the life gain. Uh, but it is the best deck against Demon Hunter because it has a broken removal spell. Uh, still, still is going to be good. Crazy Netherwing still great. Morg Artificer has really surprised me. Uh, the Rain of Fire interaction, the Mortal Coil interaction, with Dark Skies, every ping hits for two, even if your Morg dies in the middle. Um, and Nether Breath, the deal eight, gain eight is super good. But without Sack Packs targeting enemy minions, it is going to be a lot narrower and a lot a lot less good at job number one, which is beat Demon Hunter right now. Yeah, and, and the one thing to be aware of with Moag Artificer is that that, works, that effect works for your opponent as well. I've had a, an opponent play two of those, and then I got to Holy Nova for eight. <laughs> so be, be aware that, that, that that's the case. I mean, sometimes you just can't help it, and you're just going to leave it up on the board. But, you know, that, that's a thing that goes both ways, so you just need to be aware of that. But, I mean, Galakron Warlock is a thing you've probably seen. It, it's the best control deck in the meta right now. Like, it, it has a lot of healing. It has a lot of removal, and it can keep up with and it. And it has Sacrificial Pack that targets opposing demons. Um, there are uh, there's also this this zoo warlock from Shao Ti, which is um, it's use it's making use of imprisoned scrap imp, which is the two mana three three that when it wakes up gives your hand plus two plus two, and then it's using hand of Gul'dan, which is a six mana spell that um, when it is played or discarded draws you three cards, and then we have two copies of expired merchant, which uh, discard a card, and then when it dies it gives you two copies back, and then two copies of nightshade matron, which uh, is a four mana five five that discards your most expensive spell. So your your most expensive card, or most expensive card rather, and your most expensive card is almost always hand of Kuldan. So you're basically trying to play a scrap imp and then draw as much as you possibly can in those two turns while it's dormant, get a huge big board, and then just start playing things. And you, have, you run Magic Carpet so you can play all these one-drops that are going to going to be huge and then trade off your opponent's minions. And then you've got Terran Gorefiend if you, if you need to reset either a Scrap Imp or just a board. Because if once you, when, you re, when you wake up the Scrap Imp from Terran Gorefiend, it is dormant and it gets to, buff, to proc the buff again. Um, and then eventually you have... Um, you have Karenthod, Ebonlock, which the Prime will will summon three demons that have died this game, and you hope that at least two of those are Nightshade Matrons, which is as close to a Doom um, like a Doom Guard as you're going to get in the current standard meta. And you don't get to the Prime very often. Uh, this list is the best deck that uh, the deck that I've had the best results with so far um, in tracked games. On my PC, I'm ten and one with it. Wow! In Legend. Uh, really, really strong. I wasn't enjoying Zoo at the beginning until I found this list. No Flame Imps in this deck. Flame Imps die too quickly. So you do play Condrathod and uh, four one-mana demons, two Fiendish Servants, two Voidwalkers, but also Condrathod is very good with Imprisoned Scrap Imp because that's a demon, uh, and you're able to discount. You can often go uh, Condrathod into turn three Nightshade Matron, which is a demon, and discard a Hand of Gul'dan, and that's really gross. Uh, Imprisoned Scrap Imp feels very Kalisethi, and if I have it early on, I will often do nothing turn one, scrap imp on two, and tap on three. Because plus two, plus two to your entire hand, when your entire hand is one drops, is crazy. Yeah. Is crazy. And so if you have it on turn, if you can coin it out turn one and tap on turn two and your hand has minion dense, please do that. 
and you just make a bunch of stuff in the mid-game, you're not trying to fight for early board in this meta. You're trying to make a board all at once that people can't deal with. This meta is super about big swing turns, and you can have a really powerful one very early on. Yeah, and Fiendish Service is a demon too, so you have eight demons in the deck. Yes, and the the prime actually getting played does not come up a lot in my yeah, experience. it's not a big deal. It's fairly infrequent. It's the first half. It's Sorcerer's Apprentice for demons. Uh, so I guess Necromancer's Apprentice, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, even better in Wild, by the way. Super good in Wild. Um, and uh, I know I've brought that up a couple times. I went 24-8 and eight today on stream with Discard Zoo to Oof. hit Legend in Wild from Diamond 5 in three hours. Oof. Bonkers. Super good. Um, but in Standard, I do think this list is very good. It does not play Sack Packed. And if Sack Pack stops getting played in lists and your demons stop dying, it will get even better. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you will you will prime sometimes because, like, there are games where you just end up with, like, cycling Hands of Gul'dan through Expired Merchants and you just end up with a whole bunch of them. But, yeah, it's 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 just got enough. It's mostly there just for the front half, and it's a good two-drop, and it makes your demons cost less. And um, if it, if you happen to play the prime, then, you know, all the all the better. But this is this is a real deck, and it definitely seems like it'll get better once there are few, fewer demons to target. Um, there are... A couple of lists that are not well. I mean, I don't know if this Quest Warlock is really a real deck or not. Um, it was kind of a kind of an early early in the expansion, and this person decided not to put a screenshot in their tweet. So I need to go to the um, I need to go to the to the Hearthstone deck builder and see what what actually is in it because it's been a while since i've looked at it but we're playing the quest in like a lot of the control cards it's kind of trying to do the galakrond warlock thing without actually running the galakrond cards and just running good control cards and then the quest so that those get cheaper so you're you're running Maev, which is probably a mistake in this deck you're running Kaladin the breaker which is the six drop that destroys a minion and if you draw it that turn you uh you clear the whole board um you're again running ebon lock and you're running one copy of enhanced dreadlord and two Aranasi Broodmothers, and those are pretty much the demons this, in the this list. This deck is the, I want to beat Demon Hunter because I'm really mad at it. Let me put in yeah. every single card that's good against Demon Hunter. Uh, I believe this was built specifically as a Demon Hunter counter. Yeah, this was day two. At it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very good at beating Demon Hunter and very bad at anything else. Yeah. Yeah, like you're running and, sense demons yeah. just to draw the Aranasi Broodmothers. it is very single-minded in its purpose and i would not play it yeah um and they're also i would be remiss if i did not point out the one malagos warlock that um that was brought out and you know this is something that you can do again with um with with the i forget even what the combo is and this is all in, in a language i don't speak um, but there, there are ways that you can discount Malagos. That was something I theory crafted. It's, it's a thing you can try. I, there are probably better things you could do with your time, but if you do love the goose, you can do that. Um, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a weird deck. Yeah. It's very strange. I don't think it even has a discounter in here though. I don't. Yeah. I think you are just playing. The Malagos. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have, like, Reign of Fire will also go face now, so that's something else that you have. But, yeah, it's, um, because, like, it's, you could, oh, does it, does it, maybe it runs the, because usually you run Dark Portal um, uh, in those I decks. I don't see it in the force. Um, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I don't know what we're doing here. It's, 
Uh, this deck is spooky. There's no deck code, and we don't have it in English. So just let's just move yeah. on. Let's just yeah. do something else. Play, play that. Play that at your own risk. In other words, but yeah. you know, oh, there, there is... so the quest and plot twister in there. So someone's feeling ambitious. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, yeah, we're we're not. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. But anyway, so we let's can move on. We can, let, let's let, move on to there are there yeah. are more important decks to talk about. We'll talk. Let's talk about No Man's Gamer uh, Warrior Egro Warrior. Um, I have a called Tempo so, Warrior in the in the show notes, but it's he's calling it Agro Warrior, and this is kind of the the new deck that that came out. I'll let you talk about because I think you played it more than I have. So, Warrior in this format is defined by one card, Risky Skipper, that is so incredible that tons of strategies are being built around it. It is the defining card of the Warrior class right now. Uh, it pairs really well with Bomb Wrangler, which is in almost every Warrior deck. Pair, pairs really nicely with Bloodsworn Mercenary, which is in almost every warrior deck uh pairs really nicely with blood boil brute the seven mana six eight rush uh costs one less for each damage minion in play that includes your opponent's minions risky skipper lets you do so many things to enable gross enrage strategies like when damage strategies battle rage is also clutch especially without um without Acolyte of Pain, which would 100% be played in this list, but I'm glad it's not in standard anymore because it would be played in a lot of decks that we've listed today, and instead the format's more interesting because we don't see it. Um, but you can take the core of Risky Skipper and Bloodsworn Mercenary and good three drops and a couple weapons, Corsair Cash, which is the two-mana spell that goes and gets a weapon and gives a plus one, plus one. Almost everyone's playing Ankar and either Wrench Caliber or Livewire Lance, some combination of two or three weapons. Uh, and... That core lets you do a lot of different things. Now, where No Hands has gone with this is a fascinating brain pain deck because it hurts to play this deck. It, it's yeah. very complicated. It reminds me a lot of Combo Priest um, or of post-nerf Grim Patron where it's an engine deck that you're just trying yeah. to get the engine online. That sounds more like um, it, yeah. Or like the original like like um, Old God's Tempo Warrior. Something sort of like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So it does have serpent eggs which is an o3 that makes three force when it dies uh it does have terran gorefiend and terran gorefiend actually really good against warlock because what you do is you make a halfway decent board which includes an egg and then you play terran and you eat the egg and all the other board and then plague of flames sucks against you because they want to plague of flames you and then you have a board after they do that and that's the worst case scenario for them because they always want to clear your board and then do other stuff and you make it so that they can't ever clear your board because your board has a board in it it's a it's a sub board it's a layer of boards yeah i i had a game i played one game with this against a demon hunter and i stuck a board with a risky skipper and an armor smith i think it had an egg and then i terraned it and then the board came back and the only way they had to clear it was with altruist and i had like six minions and a two five armor smith on the board <laughs> It's like it's like you won the battle, but you didn't win the war. Like I, I, I think I ended up with like twenty armor after that turn. In, even after all the damage that they were doing to my face with their with the cards that they were that they were playing off the side, so it it can get pretty nutty, and it it takes some practice. It is not an easy. Like I definitely misplayed a lot the first few games. I still even now when I play it, I, I misplay a lot with it because there's a lot of different ways you can go, and order is very very important. But it's. Because um, Galakron Warrior just hasn't been anywhere. It's just not good enough right now. Um, and this is like taking the Galakron Warrior shell and then making it into more of a tempo deck. It's very interesting. It's it's very difficult yeah. to play, but also very rewarding to play. 
And Galakron Warrior was a lot bigger on developing a board around turn four and five, but really most decks taking time to set up in the format. Uh, And that's not the case right now. Right now, the format is very fast, even faster than the previous one. Um, And people set up boards much faster. You can't Ritual Chopper someone's face anymore and expect to win. And Ritual Chopper to remove a single minion, it's that's Heroic Strike. We don't want that. So the removal package that the Galakrond Invokes give you, as well as the pressure, isn't quite the same. Decks are better at dealing with the pressure and at generating their own. So instead, we're going lower to the ground, we're doing more stuff, we're drawing more cards with Battle Rage, and, uh, and we're getting onto the board sooner and making it much harder to remove our minions from the board. So the egg package is the most common right now, and No Hands has been doing very, very well with the deck. Uh, there is also a Bomb Warrior version that Muzzy was doing well with. I'd say about 20 of the cards are the same. It's very similar, but not exactly. You have the Bomb cards. He plays Slam, which we haven't seen in years. That's, that's a, that's a, a, that's a, a blast from the past, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also got Dread Corsairs, because when you Corsairs cash a Wrench Caliber, the Dread Corsairs are free. He plays the uh, the Cargath Bladefist. I will say, if you want to beat Warlock, play Bomb Warrior. If you want to beat Galakrond Warlock, Bomb Warrior is the way to go. Very, very good against that deck. Um, but if you want to generally have a chance against more things, you should play the Egg Warrior variant and commit some time to learning it. Yeah. The, the Bomb Warrior is also reasonable against Demon Hunter, because they do draw a lot. If you can get enough bombs down early, it's just that's the problem, is getting enough in there early that it matters because those games are generally over very quickly and you can't really face tank demon hunter minions with wrench caliber and be like this will be fine because it won't be fine no it won't yeah and as much fun as it is to face tank a glaive bound adept and take 11 from a single card uh you'd rather hit things that don't have seven attack yeah seven (laughs) seven yeah, let, let's not do that. You're starting to sound like Bodicus with his nine mana off of the skull skull of uh, Gul'dan. <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not as hard on skull of Gul'dan as he is, but that card is still pretty powerful. It, it's still okay. Um, Fibonacci's back and he's playing Control Warrior again. So we have a Control Warrior I, again. I don't know that this is what I would play right now, just because Galakron. I mean, it might be once we get nerfs. This might be a little bit more more viable but he was at top 20 with this it's a fib deck if you are fibonacci you should play this deck if you are not fibonacci (laughs) use caution because you're not fibonacci there's a cobalt sticky finger in here on purpose in gold i mean you know if you're gonna go if you're gonna if you're gonna put a cobalt sticky finger in your deck you may as well do it in style right like I don't know. I've never done that. He's also playing that yeah, like that's that's the card you're calling out when he's playing mag hard running mag Theradon, by the way. Well, you mag Theradon and Bladestorm. Easy. <laughs> Obviously. I don't know, man. That's, you can mag Theradon and Restless Mummy and get two of them. That's, there there are lots of interesting things going on in here. Uh, it is also a risky skipper deck because that is you're if you're playing warrior in this format you're playing risky skipper and probably anchor to go get two of them it is that good yes you want the anchor even if you have no other pirates and he has no other pirates and that's fine um and there are just some really powerful board control cards in here restless mummy still good hargath blade fist is fine war mall challenger against small things it's just like a three mana one nine kill your thing um it's usually pretty powerful and it can be damaged which being damaged is good in this deck there's there's just a lot going on here, and you should not play this unless you're Fibonacci or you want to spend some ranks. Yeah, and, and he explicitly says in the comments, don't play this deck if you're going to face Priest or Rogue. So 
Um, this might not be good. He says you lose to the Galakron hero power 100% of the time. So that's not the control warrior we know and love. But that's that's because uh, usually that was the other way around. But with Doctor Boom gone, that's that's no longer the case. And and you also can play um, Highlander Warrior if you want to play Control Warrior. That's going to be uh, you know pretty much what you would expect with a deck like this. You're just going to run a bunch of good cards. You run Waste Warden because that's good against it's good against demons. It's good against beasts in the Spell Druid. It's um, you know it, it's a reasonable tech card. You get to run all the big dragons. You get to run um, you get to run Molten Breath with the big dragons and and Fra- Frozen Shadow Weaver is just kind of a good tech card. That, that's what I would expect. Will probably replace uh, Bad Luck Albatross and everything, but the Res Priest eventually because um, that that card is not seeing enough play, and I think it probably needs to be seeing more play. But it's really only seeing play in Highlander lists and. And, you know, you just kind of play Frightened Flunky and, and Swamp Woods and Sword and Board is a reasonable, you know, deal two damage, get two armor is, is reasonable in this meta with two health minions. I don't know how reasonable it'll be going forward. But, you know, again, it's there are there are better control decks you can play. But maybe by this time next week, this will be a refined and will be a viable deck. There's something here. There's yeah. good stuff here. But I'm not Fibonacci, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, if you're going to play warrior, the, the aggro warrior is very, very good. I, I would, I would suggest that you look at that. And there, there are meta specific reasons. Maybe if you're looking for like a qualifier lineup where you might want to bring bomb warrior, but beyond that, like the, those are, those are probably going to do better for you than either of the control warriors right now. But again, we're getting nerfs. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what the impact's going to be. So, um, you know, tomorrow we're all undefeated, I suppose, but that is that is all the list. Unless there's anything else that I forgot to put on here that you can think of that um, we didn't talk about, but I, this seems pretty comprehensive to me. So I really think that the format still has a lot of room for growth and development. We're seeing new lists every day that are different archetypes than we've planned for. But if you want an idea as to what you are likely to face on ladder, I think the decks we talked about today are a pretty good cross section. Uh, it's going to change over time. I think you're most likely to see Demon Hunters, Warlocks, and I think, honestly, Warrior has been the third most popular class I've played against right now. Yeah, uh, the Aggro Warrior's really taken off. Yeah, uh, Priests, I've seen a good amount of Priests, I've seen a good amount of Mages, uh, I've seen some Hunters and some Druids, um, not a lot of Paladins. Uh, we didn't talk about Shaman. No, we didn't. That's because they're really... Oh, there's there's the Totem Shaman. We didn't... There's one Shaman there's deck. One there's shaman one Shaman deck. one Shaman deck. Yes, let me add that. I, we almost missed it because there, the Shaman class was not even listed. <laughs> and I feel there bad. were some Galakron builds that were doing okay on day one. There were some quest builds that were doing okay on day one. You shouldn't play them. But Women's on Reddit made a Totem Shaman that is based on Totemic Reflection into Splitting Act. Totemic Reflection, if you don't know this card... You may not now, but you will soon. Three mana, give a minion plus two plus two. If it's a totem, summon a copy. If you target a base zero two totem, it is three mana for plus four plus six. Really good deal. If you follow that with Splitting Axe, which is the four mana three two epic weapon from, I think from DOD, but maybe even Saviors. It's been a minute. Um, copy all of your totems. So if you have two, two, uh, two four totems, often made bigger with Totemic Might and Totemic Surge. Yes, I said that. Totemic Might and Totemic Surge. And then you copy them all the next turn. You will have boards where on turn four, you have four, four, six totems that are healing all of your other totems or taunting or giving you spell damage or something. And it's pretty hard for a lot of slower decks to beat. My co-host, Bodicus, was playing this deck because we were co-oping on, on the night of the nerfs. 
and we were screen sharing through Discord because we were both playing. And I turn over for a second, and he died on turn four to Totemic Reflection to Splitting X. And it was glorious. <laughs> and I said, add them and ask for the list. <laughs> we did. It was a link to a competitive HS post. We looked it up, found the list, played it with Enthralamon from the Squelch podcast until 6 a.m. my time, 3 a.m. theirs, just jamming it with the power of totems and the power of friendship. And we learned that people did not respect totems. We jammed the reflection, could not possibly lose. Bodicus took it on stream, played against Odemian in, in top 1,000 ladder, who's a French pro, destroyed him twice, promptly got hosted by 2,000 people, or raided by 2,000 people. And now, Totem Shaman is a part of the meta. Woomens has done some streams of his own, as well as made another follow-up Reddit post. Regis Kilbin made a, made a video about Totem Shaman uh, the day after Bodicus played it. If you went top 1,000 legend in the last one day, top deck was Galakrond Warlock, second deck was Demon Hunter, third deck, Totem Shaman. By win rate. Easy. It, it's it, when it goes off, When it goes off, it's very, very fast. And, and getting, like, an evil totem down and then um, totemic reflectioning it is disgusting. It's pretty, <laughs> and, it's pretty gross. And it's very hard to clear it. Like, you have a very low, very small window to clear it, and then they, they just get too big for a lot of the early clears. Um, I have wire... The only list I have is Wirers, and which is probably pretty similar to the original list, though Wirers are uh, a shaman main uh, along the lines of, of someone like a Zetalot or a Fibonacci. So he's, you know, he, he's, he's generally pretty good with the shaman decks and and there's sometimes a little bit weird but this looks like pretty standard as far as um as far as lists go and yeah this is this is a, an oversight on my part just because the shaman section is so small in my spreadsheet <laughs> that i probably just scrolled right past it but well, it's so yeah. shaman didn't have a deck until we randomly found this totem shaman and it randomly was really good uh and totemic reflection into splitting x is good enough against everything except demon Hunter. The Demon Hunter matchup is not unwinnable, but it's, I would say it's in the 30% range. It's bad. If you're banning Demon Hunter in a lineup, you could absolutely play Totem Shaman. It would absolutely be fine. Um, and there are variations of this build that I think are going to end up being big part of the meta. Uh, the Lurker Below, you may want to put that in your decks because the Lurker Below is a real card. It feels like a Flame Strike that gives you a 6-3 a lot. Um, and I, I think that there will be the opportunity for a Bloodless-based early token aggro deck, even though this doesn't play Bloodless, you have a scene, it's about the same thing, uh, to actually be relevant, it feels pretty real, and you get to burn people out a lot as well. Yeah. And, and you can play Galakron Shaman. Some people are trying that. It's not very good right now. It might get a little better. There's not... You you know what that deck is. There's not really... It's not very much different. There's not a whole lot to say about it. Um, aside from the fact that it doesn't Shutterwalk people anymore, so that makes it considerably worse than it was before, and this is still post-nerf. So it, it's, it was already not great after the second round of nerfs and now without being able to shutter walk it it's pretty much it, it, it's hard to rely on that hero power but it's a thing you can do okay i think that's it i think that's a lot for people to think about do we have an 11th class to discover i don't think so i think we can stop at 10 um i mean we could, with death knights no the we we got we got rid of those that's fine yes. um no more death knights. <laughs> so i mean any any closing thoughts on on what this meta feels like is this I mean, so, I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, and, and it is it is diverse. Like, I don't think that it's as one note as the first day was. And, and I think that's why I think both of us were kind of like we had a conversations, uh, you know, among ourselves the day that the nerfs were happening. And I was pretty convinced that this was like a backup plan that they had in their back pocket because, like, you need to make Demon Hunter really strong. 
and in order for it to see play otherwise this whole expansion is built around it and then it's it doesn't feel like you did anything especially you got everybody all worked up for the class but it seems like from the implementation this was not a backup plan this was just the way that the way that it was going to be and it was and that it was tested and they thought this was what it should be and then had to scramble to fix it um it feels like with those touches we're getting closer and i think with uh, taking out some of the just like truly broken things like like Kalthos in particular it feels like we might get to like four set matters are to tend to be some of the best matters that we get this feels like we could get there with a couple more nudges yeah the the power curve of Hearthstone has been redrawn uh with year of the dragon and continues with outland uh decks get to be better now earlier in the expansion cycle uh, it could mean that over time this gets a little bit more dangerous, but we have decks that would be competitive in most five-set metas in a four-set meta because things are a little bit more synergistic. It feels more fun to play. I'm enjoying the four-set decks now way more than some of the four-set decks we've had in the past, which have been weaker and really reliant on uh, questionable cards to perform. It doesn't feel like our decks are including a lot of questionable cards if they're real at this time. With that being said... Um, the Demon Hunter Fun Police, it needs another tweak. It's not as bad as it was in the beginning, and I'm glad they made that initial tweak. They kept the launch from being a complete disaster, even though the implementation of the fix was janky at best. Uh, I think we can use the word janky. Yeah. It's, we're close to a really, really good meta, and a, a lot of the times we get there and have a really good meta right now, but there's still a little bit uh, more that needs to be done, and I'm glad they're looking at it quickly. We don't know if it'll be this week, but they said late this week. I, I expect we'll, we'll have it before the qualifiers start tomorrow. We're going to hear it. We may get another server-side change, the way that they've been doing these things, if they if it's taking them longer to get it together or get a patch out. I don't know if they have a patch or plan for tomorrow. Or they may turn it Monday. Like, it could be Monday. Yeah. It's, the meta's not bad enough. They need to patch it right now. Yeah. But they did say late next week. I expect we'll get it uh, late this week. I just hope it's not during qualifiers. But if it is, it is. Yeah, and do much about it. And, and and while I'm not going to be on the you know paying to be a beta tester bandwidth because I think that's just out of line, but I do I I, I do wonder and you know like if they're because I've been in these kinds of situations not in game design obviously but in development where you have like it's not one thing that's wrong but you have a lot of different things that happen that cause the same kind of result. So people keep pointing at one thing, and that feels like this is kind of a series, of, a sequence of unfortunate events that just keeps causing, uh, you know, two two actual metas plus the evolve meta in a row, like coming out the gate, like just way too unbalanced. And I wonder if they, I would imagine they're probably doing some sort of like a retro at this point to try to figure out like what's going on with their methodology that's just kind of missing a little bit because it feels like we're almost there and we're getting there, but we're having to get there you know, two weeks into the set as opposed to getting there closer to launch. And I, I would, I, I don't think that it's, you know, like burn everything down bad, but I do think that there's probably something in their methodology. That's just there. That's missing that they may need to evaluate between now and the next set. Once they get this sorted out. I think that with focus and recognition, it's a problem they can do a little better. Yeah. Um, and at this point it's hard not to recognize it. And I like that they're nerfing faster, and I like they're moving faster, and I don't like that they need to nerf in the first week of every set. Uh, and so I'm, I, I prefer this to the Evolve meta where they said, ah, we'll just leave it. Much prefer this. But we should be able to shoot for the Saviors of Uldoom thing where the only cards you're nerfing in the beginning are cards from the last set that were maybe overlooked or buffed unnecessarily, um, and otherwise just make a set that hits the right part of the power curve. You're not always going to get there. 
aiming low sucks because when you aim low, you usually hit it. Yeah. And that's not good for the game. So they need to keep aiming a little higher. And I like that they've pushed the power curve of the game a bit. But they need to make sure they don't keep overstepping the line on day one like they have been. And it's a it's a tough line to walk. I would be surprised if there weren't conversations about it at, well, virtually at <laughs> HQ. On, on, on Zoom, Zoom uh, calls with interesting backgrounds, probably. Everybody in uh, North Rend or Orgrimmar or whatever. Probably on Google Hangouts because of their oh, you yeah. know, ownership. They're on Google Cloud now. Yeah, that that thing. Yes. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think I'm optimistic about it. And I think that they've they've looked at enough things that were wrong for a long time and tried to fix them in, in interesting ways and, and been creative about that. So I'm kind of optimistic about that. But I'm hoping that we don't go through this again when the next set comes out <laughs> or when they do whatever they're going to do to shake up the meta. Hopefully they'll they'll be able to have a chance to test that before they release it live, so we don't end up with another five mana pocket galaxy. Here's we'll something. see what happens. Yeah, um, but we've been going almost two hours, which is par for the course. So I'm not you know rushing, but we also have you know other things to do. So I will uh, I will let you and our, our listeners get back to it. Um, but I we want to make sure that the the two people it's it used to be three, but I'm sure it's two by now that that listen to my show that don't know where to find you can find you. So why don't you tell all the nice folks where they can uh, where they can find more of you and and listen to the listen to and watch the uh, content that you are creating at Coin Concede. Etc. So I'm I'm on a podcast called Coin Concede. We make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. We record on Thursdays at 8:30 ish Eastern. Uh, you can find that at uh, CoinConcede.com for the podcast, Twitch.CoinConcede.com for the live broadcast, or download it in the podcast app of your choice. Uh, I am very active on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. Uh, I am very active in Discord at Ridiculous Hat. In any Hearthstone-based Discord, I'm probably there. And I stream uh, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern for two to three hours. Sometimes more, sometimes less, you know, whatever, whatever we're feeling that day uh, at twitch.tv slash ridiculous hat. Uh, and that's the thing for during the quarantine uh, gives me a little bit, a little bit something to do during the daytime. Well, gives you structure for the and, day. It's uh, good. Structure. And also uh, people have been really supportive and engaging. And it's been really nice to have uh, to have a good audience. And we play some standards, some wild, some BGs. We play a little bit of everything. Um, and as always, you can find uh, the show's notes with links to every single one of these decks with uh, codes at offcurve.com. You can follow the show's account for announcements for new episodes. Go live at off at, at offcurve on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Wicked Good. Um, you can follow me on Twitch. I stream Mondays and now most Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. I've added the second stream. It, it may fluctuate depending on how much I'm casting. Because um, I am casting for House Rivalries, which starts next week, I believe. So we'll see what that schedule looks like. But definitely the Mondays are set in stone and hopefully as many Thursdays as I can do, too. Um, you can leave a review on iTunes. It's always appreciated. You can if you are in a position to to contribute with money and don't feel obligated by any stretch because times are tough. Um, you know, there's a link for that in the show notes as well. And um, most importantly, uh, be good to each other and stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.